0: we need to get this word in us just as the bible tells us to let this mind be in us that is in christ jesus jesus is the word and so therefore we have christ in us and we must have the word and the holy spirit takes the word of god to remind us of everything that jesus said i can't tell you how important the word of God is. Now, we're going to get started with the word of God. And to remind you, blessed be his name, that we're actually, during this week, we're finishing up the book of Joshua, going into Judges. And so what I want to do is to give us a recap. See, when we read the word of God, We don't read it just because we want to know the history of the nation Israel or the history of uh, of man's relationship with God. The word of God is read so that God can reveal himself to us. When we read the word of God, the first thing we want to do is, God, reveal, show me you in your word. And then as God shows himself in the word, then we come to know who God is. In this day and time, when the wave of deception is so great, we must be able to know who the God of the Bible is. For those who are used to me teaching, I don't have any slides. Why? Because God said, don't have any. My word is your slide on tonight. I want you to be like the Bereans tonight. Amen. Whatever I say, I want you to test it by the word of God to make sure that I am telling you the truth. Amen. Because the reality is God has an enemy. His name is Lucifer, Satan, and the devil. He hates God, so therefore he hates us and he knows the word of God. How do you know that? Look at Luke chapter four. Everything that he tempted Jesus with came out of the word of God that was out of context. It was not in its full context and with full understanding, but it had an element of truth. And I want you to know that an element of truth is not the truth, amen. Let's stop settling for elements of truth, partial parts of the truth of the word of God. We must know what the true word of God is. And Jesus in response to Lucifer, Satan and the devil came back at him with the word of God. That's a weapon, the word of God is a weapon. Let us get in the habit of using the weapons that God has given us, the weapon of praise, the weapon of worship, the weapon of prayer, the weapon of praying the word of God. I wanna spend time again reminding you about the book of Joshua. So I'm gonna give you an overview of the overview, amen. First and foremost, God delivers the land of Canaan into the hands of his people as he promised they conquered 31 Canaanite kings and their people. So in Joshua, we see that God is fulfilling the promises that he made, promises that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What do we get out of that? That he's the God of his word. God initiates the fulfillment of his promise that Israel would be a blessing to all the families on the earth. Again, that comes from Genesis 12, 1 and 3. We know that through what he did with Rahab and even the Gideonites. God rescues people who put their trust in him regardless of their background. We see that again with Rahab and the Gideonites. But we see it all through scripture, through Joshua, God shows the value of mentoring the next generation of leaders by exalting the understanding, their understanding of his word and teaching them to trust the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Let us strive to trust, to believe, to live the word of God, and then teach the next generation to do so, and the next, and the next. See, Joshua is faithful, and as long as he lives, the people follow the Lord. I want you to just ponder a minute. Does your faithfulness in God, is it so displayed? By everyone that you come in contact with, your family, your friends, your co-workers, strangers on the street. Do they know that you are the child of the Most High God, that you are faithful to God? You won't waver in that faith. But after Joshua died, the people began to worship the idols of the other people who were still living in the land, and they turned away from God. Saints, I believe that we are living in a day and time where it is critical. It is vitally important that everyone we know, starting with our families first, our loved ones, see that we are walking in obedience to God because we love him. That we follow and live according to God's word. Does that mean that we are mistake free? Absolutely not. But the word of God brings conviction. And then we should be quick to repent. We should be quick to make things right with God. And then even allowing our families to see the fruit of repentance. Oftentimes, we are concerned with the legacy that we're going to leave other people. And maybe that's financial based on our bank account, what they're going to inherit, inherit from us, so on and so forth. But I want you to know the greatest inheritance that we can leave our loved ones, our family, our friends, and even the world is the inheritance of knowing that our God is God. To see a relationship that we have that is sold out to God. So again, that they can understand that this God is real. This God is the one and only God. That we can impact them and generations to come by our walk with God because we walk with God in integrity. We walk with God in truth. We walk with God in honesty. We walk with God in obedience because we love Him. Amen. The greatest thing that you will ever leave behind is a truthful walk with God. See, when Joshua and the elders of that time died, the people turned away from God. And I believe if we look at our culture today, we'll see that many, many have and are turning away from God. In fact, Jesus warned us of this in Matthew 24. He said lawlessness would increase and many would fall away and their love grow cold. I believe that all of us If we look back over our lives, we would know and understand that God has done some mighty powerful things to demonstrate who he is in our lives. And if you're like me and know that you have sinned in your life. And know that God is the one that delivered you from that sin, amen, and that you allowed yourself to get into some situation, whether it was by choice or by force, but God delivered you from that. He's the same God, amen. But unfortunately, sometimes just like the Israelites, we can lose sight and stop understanding that it's God. We can start believing that it's ourself and our own abilities, the people that we're around and so on and so forth. But the reason why we are still alive, as the Bible says, live, move, and have our being is Him. And in Him, we are able to do these things. God is as much a deliverer. He is much a savior. He is everything that He was and more even today. Amen. And it is so important that we witness because witnessing is testifying. Amen. When they call you into a court of law to be a witness, they're calling you with the potential that you're going to testify either for or against. And it's the same way it is today. See, there's a battle between the kingdom, the kingdom of righteousness, the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of unrighteousness and unholiness that is not of God, the kingdom of darkness. You and I are to be witnesses of God, his kingdom. We are to be true witnesses, just as the book of Revelation tells us that Jesus is the true witness so are you and i now let's look at some powerful scripture verses from this week
1: so the lord gave to israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors and they took possession of it and settled there And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had solemnly promised their ancestors. None of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all their enemies. Not a single one of all of the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true.
0: Saints, I want you just to meditate on that just a moment and see he is the God of promise. He's the God of his word. And what I say over and over again, because that's what the Bible tells us, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God does not lie. He's not a man. It's impossible. He cannot lie. Amen. God is the same God that promises and he keeps those promises. But you know, it's promises. And what he says is both blessings and curses. Amen. So when we do and obey God, then he fulfills all the promises. Not anything is left undone. When we don't, then we suffer and we face the consequences or the curses of that. We must understand. He forewarned them, amen, during the time of Moses. He continually did did so even before Joshua departs. Joshua comes back and reminds them and he warns them. When we see the body of Christ, when we see individuals that it appears or they are coming out of a fellowship or right relationship or right alignment with God, we should not remain silent. What we need to do is in love, Go and address that situation so that we can help them to correct it. And if they refuse, then being led by God to know what else needs to be done. In other words, we should not turn a blind eye and remain silent. If it looks like this is not right, this is dishonoring, this is disrespectful, this is unloving to our God, then we need to address that. Amen. Blessed be unto God. Amen. See, when we disengage instead of staying engaged and attentive, then the sin is subtle and it just creeps in and it gets larger and greater. But if we can address those things at the beginning, how much would we not suffer and allow others because it's nipped? in the bud. Amen. Glory be unto God. When I look back over my life, I know for myself that when I sinned, it wasn't like it was a big great thing. It was something small that desensitized me to sin and it just kept spiraling out of control. Amen. And that sin begins with a rebellious heart that rebels against God and his word. Well, you know, that was then, but now it's different. Uh, You know, God meant that for them, but that doesn't apply to me. See, we live in a new day. We live in a new age and things have changed. That's old fashioned. That's the old way. Here's what I surmise. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And if God, who knows the end from the beginning, had intended for things to change, he would, a, he would have put a provision in his word for changing times. Amen. So what God called sin then is still sin now. Amen. Glory be unto God. Joshua 23, his exhortation before his death. See, he, like Moses, warned the people of idolatry, warned the people of idolatry. Do you know idolatry is still alive and well today? But are we warning ourselves? Are we warning others? Or have we allowed ourselves to enter into idolatry, worshiping idols, whether it's the idol of self or the idol of something else, but we have idols in our heart and we see them in others, but we don't say anything. Amen. See, um, We are to love God and you won't leave him. What's the key to not entering into idolatry? Love God and you won't leave him. How are we supposed to love him? With all of our heart, soul, mind, and might. People say, well, you know, I I have a discipline problem. You don't have a discipline problem when it comes to obeying God. We don't. We have a love problem because Jesus said, If you love me, you will obey me, amen. And if we are having difficulty like the Israelites during the time of Joshua before and even now, it's not discipline, it's love. This is what Joshua's saying to them. Has God been good to you? Has God been true to you? Has God demonstrated his love to you? And if he has, then don't be false to him love him. The Bible says we love him because he first loved us. So Joshua is saying unto them, if for no other reason, love him because he loves you. And he has demonstrated his faithfulness. He has demonstrated his truth. He has demonstrated his honesty. He has demonstrated his goodness. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And in other words, God had demonstrated this to them over and over again. See, the God they serve, who is the God we serve, is faithful to keep his promises. Again, Hebrews 10 and 23. Joshua tells them that there is a step of events that will lead to them getting and knowing that they have fallen back, they have turned back, they are sent. He says, first would be friendship with idolatry they would make friends with people who worship other idols that serve other gods amen perhaps even back then they had those statements about we're supposed to be tolerant you know all gods is the same god your god is my god it's just the same way to the to the uh, final or that final destination Saints it's not true Mm -mm. it's not. Amen. Those that do not serve God the Father through Christ Jesus, it's not the same path, and it's not the same God. Amen. Jesus said the only way to the Father is through the Son. That's what the Word of God says. So if they're not coming through the Son, and they don't even believe the Son is God himself, there is a problem, and we need to know that. So first, We make friendship with idolaters, meaning people serve other gods. Next, he said, you're going to end up marrying them. And in the end, you will end up serving their God. Amen. Again, it is a step-by-step progressive thing. You make friends with idolaters. You marry them. Amen. You join with them. Maybe we can even look at you start making partnerships with them. You go into business with them. You're hanging out with them more than you're hanging out with believers and people of faith. And then he says, sooner or later, you're going to start serving their gods. Don't you know a little leaven spoils the whole batch? Amen. What he was saying is the way of sin is downhill. Those who fellowship with sinners cannot avoid having fellowship with sin. Now, I know you're going to say, well, Jesus was among the sinners. I agree with you. But here's what you need to understand. Jesus was among them, but they didn't change Jesus. He didn't become less Christ, less holy, less sanctified, less faithful to God, less acknowledging who he was. In their presence, he did not. See, Jesus changed the sinners. The sinners didn't change Jesus. Today, oftentimes, we say that we're following Jesus' example when we are not following Christ's example because the sinners are changing us instead of us changing them. Glory be unto God. Mm -mm. And what he describes is destruction, the way to destruction. And he warns them of it. See, we have been been given warning after warning in scripture as well. And we're ignoring it. It tells us in the word that warning comes before destruction. When we look at the New Testament, Paul lays it out. And others that say no idolatry, no sinner, no fornicator, no adulterer, no homosexuality can enter into the kingdom of God. But yet we still say, that's not true. That was then. This is now. God don't really mean that. He's changed. He hasn't changed his view of sin. Moses spoke to the children of Israel before he died. And Joshua did the same thing. Joshua died when he was 110 years old. I believe that, you know, uh, when God gave the curse because of their disobedience when they were in the wilderness that that generation that was 20 or older would die, Joshua was a part of that generation. So I believe he was at least 20 years, stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. And then after that, uh, he served as the leader for at least 50 years. Did they have some challenges? Yes. But this is a time when we can look in Israel's history and see that he and the leaders led the people to obey God, to follow God, and to believe God. I believe Joshua probably thought he was old and, and his time was up, but God had a last thing for him to do before he could call him home. My point is that no matter how old we are, don't decide that your work for God is done. Your work is not done until you no longer have breath in your body. Amen. See, saints, we live in a time where fear of God is frowned upon. People want to mumble or disqualify and say it's not true. But we must remind people, God says the the beginning of wisdom is what? To fear him. God says over and over, fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord, fear of the Lord. And it is much greater than just reverence of God. It's more than respecting God. It is that and so much more. Fear him. God said, if you fear him, you won't sin against him. What does that mean? We won't take it lightly because we don't take him lightly. And we won't use his name in vain. You ever use the God's name in vain? And you don't think anything about it? Going into the uh Era of the Judges. There is no mention, think about this, in the book of Judges, and there's no mention of the annual commensurations that was required during the time of Moses. The feast, no mention of them, as well as reading the book of instructions, reading the word, reading the Torah, none. I want us to think about that for a minute. Amen. And how does that apply to us? Because most today, most people don't read the word. I was raised in a time where Christianity in America was prominent. I hear many people say we were founded on Christian principles. But if we look at how we're living in this nation today, and I'm not talking about the unbelievers, I'm talking about those who confess to be followers of Christ. Are we really? testifying? Are we really living as witnesses that he is the one in which we love the reason why we live? Amen. Or can we see it? And maybe if you're not from America, other in your own nation, can you see the deterioration of the Christian values, of the Christian faith, of following after Jesus and teaching our children to do the same thing. Amen. The new generation that rises up fails to honor God. I think in so many ways we see that as prominent today. They do whatever is right in their own eyes. Again, Judges 17 and 6, 21 and 25. Kind of reminds me of today in this day and age where they say that you can choose to be whoever you want to be. You can do and be your own best self, you. So if that means a man says, I'm a woman, and a woman says, I'm a man, they can do that because they can choose to be their own best self, whatever that is. See, you understand that's against God's order. Amen. Amen. And when we go against God's order, there is consequences. He has a divine order. God made them male and female in the story. Amen. And you and I don't get a right to choose that. It's already decided. Just any more than we have a right to choose. Well, I think adultery is all right. I don't have a problem with lying and stealing and cheating and all of that stuff, swindling people. God said that is not right. When I look back five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, on my mind, what I'm seeing now and what's being celebrated is unbelievable. Amen. Unbelievable. And some of you may be offended and may not like it. But the bottom line is when a transgender is, is declared female of the year, something is wrong with that. Amen. God said, that a female is a female. And when we live in a day and time where people have a challenge, when you ask them, what is a woman? And they can't define that. What is a man? They can't say what it is. Something is wrong. Something is wrong, especially from a nation that was founded on Christian principles. Something is wrong. And that's exactly. Israel, something was wrong. That generation after Joshua and the others died, started chasing and going after other things and doing what was right in their own eyes. And there were consequences. Amen. Judges chapter 2, 11 and 19. The people forsake the God of their fathers and embrace the idolatry of the Canaanites people. In other words, they embrace sin think there's a lot of embracing and sin that's going on even now. Two, God gave them up into the hands of their enemies and they ended up in slavery and oppression. There are many things that are impressing God's people because we have given in and we have made sin acceptable when it simply is not. Three, they lived under oppression until finally they humbled themselves, cried out to God for help supplication. You know, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, amen, then I will hear in heaven and heal their land. I've been to many, many prayer meetings, and we start with that, but yet, yet, we have not seen the fulfillment of that. Perhaps it is because we are, we're citing, I'm not talking about everybody, mere words instead of our hearts being affected. Because what we see in Joshua, now, God would let them go sometimes seven years, 20 years, however long. But when they humbled themselves and cried out, glory be unto God. God responded. God responded. And he would send a deliverer. He would send a prophet. He would send a judge, military leader, to help them get out of that situation in response to their humility. See, we got to humble ourselves. He said he can do everything with the humble, but nothing with the prideful. In fact, the Bible says he resists the pride. He resists the prideful. Amen. What does it mean to resist? Mm-mm, mean, no. mm nope. And sometimes they, in response to their humility, God raises up a judge, military leader, to deliver them from their enemies, a salvation. We have been sent the deliverer of all deliverance, the one who saved us, redeemed us, and reconciled us to God the Father. So therefore, we have no excuse to chase after idolatry, We have Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great almighty one, the holy and righteous one. See, as long as Joshua is alive, the people follow God and live in safety. That's peace. See, as long as we live and Christ is alive, he is in us and we follow him, we'll have peace no matter how crazy the situation and the circumstance but I believe that God can still turn it all around and he can deliver us. We don't need to conform. We don't need to blend in. We don't need to be silent, to go along, to get along. When the judges die, six, the people lapse back in the sin, and the cycle repeats itself. It is an endless and a continual cycle. God sees them and what they're doing is prostituting themselves. He says that in Judges 2 and 17, 8 and 27, and verse 33. He warns Moses this is going to happen before Moses even dies. Deuteronomy 31 and 16. Do you see that God sees idolatry as prostitution? Amen. And they would have never thought that they were selling themselves, that they were prostituting themselves, but yet they are. And it is the same today when we or the church, the body of Christ is worshiping idols and chasing after some other God that is not the God of the Bible. God still sees it the same way as prostitution. The period of judges shows the decline that occurs among God's people when they turn away from him. When they ignore his words and seek to live their own way without him. See, I don't know about your nation that sounds so much like the nation that I'm living in, the times and the seasons. Amen. We must be like Joshua, that be on guard, that challenge people to return to God, that stands firm and says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Glory be unto God. God reveals himself as patient, merciful, and a hero of his people's cries. How is God revealing himself to you and to the world today? See, even when dating, you should not be dating unbelievers. And as parents, as people who love other believers, we must share these truths with them so that they can understand that God has not changed and God, amen, still has those same values. Many will say, well, you only see that in one place, but it's many places. In Amos three and three, it even challenges us. How can two walk together unless they agree? How do we agree with unbelievers? How do we agree with people who say they again walk in Christ? But their fruit displays any and everything else. And if you're real honest with yourself, you know, suddenly, sometimes, and then it even becomes more so, they're tugging at you to try to get you to be not so Christian, not so Christian. do not take all that to be a Christian. God isn't expecting and asking that of you. You have become too holy for godly work on the earth what in the world? Amen. The earth is God's and the fullness thereof. And God didn't ask us to live it himself operating through us so that we could fit and be joined in with this world. He told us the light to allow our light to shine and to shine so brightly that the world can't help but see it We ought to be like that city on the hill. In fact, Jesus said, no one lights a candle and puts it under a bush or basket, but they put it on a light stand so that the world can see. We are the salt and the light of the world. And our seasoning comes from the word of God. Amen. From being in the presence of God and becoming Christ-like. Blessed be his name.
1: And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. The New Testament. Hallelujah.
0: Amen. And saints, that's where I want to stop and leave you. That's the New Testament. New Testament. We have a new gospel. And that gospel says that because we are, and Jesus did tell us in Matthew chapter five, we're supposed to love our enemies. But loving our enemies don't mean you become like your enemy. Love your enemy enough to tell them the truth in reference to Jesus Christ, and how much more so to our families, our friends, and our daily walk. The New Testament has not changed from the Old Testament. It actually reinforces, supports, and brings to pass what is spoken in the Old Testament. As Christians, we are not to be unequally yoked, whether that's dating, whether that's marriage, whether that is running a business, amen, and you, in a charity, whatever it may be, And you're saying, I'm doing this for God, but you're surrounded by a whole bunch of folks who do not, cannot, and don't believe. What they're hoping to do is to call you, cause you suddenly like they did during the time of Joshua and after Joshua dies in particular, with the Israelites in the time of the judges. It wasn't something that happened immediately. It was suddenly little by little, little by little. When I look again back over my life, when I was in the first grade and the second grade, and I am 60 plus years old, and I look at things today, I see that suddenly the enemy came in and the whole dynamics of Christianity in America has changed. Amen. Now, if I'm not talking to you, I'm going to tell you what I used to tell my soldiers when I was in the army in a drill sergeant. If the shoes don't fit, don't put them on. It's okay. But if they do, saints, we need to put them on and we need to start walking in them for the purposes and the plans of God. Sin is still sin and God still wants us to be witnesses, standard bearers, just like they were during the time of Joshua and during the days of the most of of judges, even until now, when Christ walked on the earth. And as we're waiting patiently for him to return, we are not to become false witnesses, but we must remain true witnesses of Christ, amen. Subject to your comments and your questions, I turn it over to whomever that might wanna take on amen. Um, I've been, for the last five, six years now,
2: been working in the elementary school, um, kindergarten through fifth grade, and, and we are with the Good News Club. Good News Club is an after-school program that we do, and we mentor, we teach, and um, uh, Christ, the good news. And it's, it's a wonderful thing, because you said um, mentoring the next generation. And it's a lot of kids that come. Kind of, when I first started this, um, back with my my granddaughter, who was in kindergarten, and now she's getting ready to go into the sixth grade. We had over a hundred students, a hundred students. And I remember then right after COVID, it got less and less. When I came back after COVID and we did the Good News Club, we had about maybe eight, um, This this last semester, we just finished up last week, we had 18 students. But out of that whole time, from the time my granddaughter was in kindergarten until now fifth grade, we had about 30 students come to Christ. And that was a wonderful thing. It was a wonderful, blessed thing. And what I saw in that, um, the enthusiasm of a young child and the sad part about it is they were going to go into middle school and I pray that um, that is not lost because once they left us, when they go into middle school, there is no good news club, and a lot of the students that came. Um, I remember one young lady. She said, "We don't, you know." I said, "We talked about prayer. Well, nobody prays in my house." She said, yeah. "Nobody prays in my house." Yeah. And I said, "Well, you be the you be the agent to pray in your house," and she 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 did that. So, but she's now probably in ninth grade. Um, but it's um, it was a beautiful thing to see and and to see those children come to Christ so genuinely. And I just, my prayer is it's not lost when they get to middle school because they, they're just, they, they're changing their minds. Even even in that um, setting that I was in, I had to really take it back to some things that they were just subtly letting in. And I'm telling kind of like, you, you, you can't do that. You can't serve two masters here. We're, we're trying to mentor these children, give them the word of God um, uh, so they will receive Jesus Christ. And they did. But don't mix it up. Don't get it. Don't confuse them. And so you have to stick with what you know. And so um, I'm I'm kind of debating and praying whether I should go back next year or not. Um, I don't know where God is leading me. Um, every 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 year that I've done it, well, I'm gonna say the last three years that I've done it, I always give out these little prayer blocks to the kids as you know, as they move on to the next next group. Um, and I just pray that. Um, these young kids, when they get that prayer block, that it, it reminds them of where they came from, you know where where they are right now, and how they accepted Jesus Christ. And this one little girl in my it was in my class. Um, I just love her so much, and she um she was so when she walked in, she was on fire for the Lord. I mean, just the little, the little, the little child. And she was just, and her name was Grace. And I just like, I just, and I said, you got the perfect name. And she just, <laughs> said, I want to know more about Jesus. She said, I just want to know more about Jesus. And she went and she got other, other students to come in. She was ministering and witnessing to other students and bringing them into the class. And so on our last day, she was like, is it going to stop? I said, yeah. I said, it's over with now. I said, not until next year. Well, where do I sign up? I said, you can't sign up till next year. She was so enthused. And she said, I said, well, you know what you can do while we're out of school? What, this is your assignment when we're out of school. I said, to get more students to come to Good News Club next year. And yeah. I said, over the summer, you evangelize. And she's so cute because I told her, I said, you evangelist. What's that? And I would explain to her what it was, and then I said, "So you you evangelize the people? You're you're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ?" And she's saying, "Uh huh, uh huh," and she was so excited, and I loved that with her. She was just on fire, and you could see it in her. And she was just determined that she wants more people to come in. Um, she had her little friend come in, and she's been teaching her, showing her the Bible, what the scriptures are, and how to read the Bible. So um, I. I, you know, again, I had so much fun in these last six years with these children. Um, and I'm just in right in a in a place right now I'm like, should I go back next year? I don't know. <laughs> because it's getting a little tougher with the kids because they're coming in with um like you said earlier, um, uh with all this other agenda and how to um, you know, kinda uh uh, bust through all the uh the negativity and the lies that they've been told and not bring that to well we're going to do both we can't do both we cannot Connie,
1: i just want to say that to me when i hear this story and where god has positioned you that this time is exactly the time that you need to be where you are in that you know even though it may be smaller numbers We know that the days are going to become more and more wicked. You know, when Jesus comes back, they'll be like the days of Noah, where scripture tells us every thought and intent of of man's heart was wicked all the time. So kids are growing up in an incredibly wicked time. And so it is critical and vital to continue to be the light as best as you can, even if you reach only one. You know, I believe that the Lord has you equipped and placed there for such a time as this.
3: I just want to confirm that I, it's exactly what I heard, um, and this is another one of the benefits of coming together uh, and 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 sharing in the Word and then hearing Holy Spirit speak. I mean, I I just agree. I kept hearing um, as you were talking, Connie, and then uh, Krista confirmed um, that that this is this is a basket of fruit for you. Um, And so um, stay where you are producing fruit.
0: And you know what I'm going to say in agreeing with what both of them said, Connie, is, and God already showed you that. He sent grace to (laughs) (laughs) confirm to you that that is what you're supposed to be doing. See, God didn't want, again, Israel, the Israelites, or us Christians today to become less. Based on the situation and the circumstance, but to endure and to continue to speak forth his truth. Amen. To speak forth his truth. And to know that God doesn't measure success the way that we do. We think it's the multitude. Oh, and God is, no, one,
3: mm-hmm. one.
0: Because if you can reach that one, and that one reach one, and that one, then it's bringing, that's multiplication, amen. You know, I stand in just remembering Billy Graham's testimony. Billy Graham was so shy, he didn't speak. But his teacher, I think he was in the sixth grade, told him, Billy, God loves the sound of your voice and speak. Now she reached that one. But look at all that he did. Amen. Reaching the one and changing them. And then they can change and influence their uh, influence, those that are around them, teaching them to be a witness. When we think about a courtroom, you ever go into a courtroom and they have two people testifying at the same time? No, Mm -hmm. it's one witness at a time that's on that stand testifying the truth. Let us allow God to raise up that one witness that can testify and keep it going. Amen. Amen. Go God.
2: Thank Amen. you. Thank you all. Thank you. I know what I'm going to do. I already know. It was all. I, I'm going back. <laughs> I'm going back.
4: Uh, hi, Connie. This is Mary. Yes. And um, I just want to say that I work in the elementary schools as well um, mm-hmm. in the public school district, and I just think that is an absolute blessing. Um, where the Lord has you in doing that, that's incredible. And you know, even if it is just one student that that comes to know the Lord and um, you know can share and be a witness to other students, I think the Lord has you where He wants you to be in that. I think that's incredible.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's, a, it's an awesome experience. It's and awesome.
4: I, I fully understand where you're coming from. It is mm-hmm. tough, especially because, you know, how everything is just so twisted now in the school districts, especially the public schools and what what they're teaching the kids. And um, it's definitely a challenge. But shining that light and um, just be, being there for those kids, especially now, I mean things going on at home and they're not getting the gospel. They're not, you know, able to pray because they don't have other people in their life that they can do that alongside with, you know.
2: Amen. Absolutely.
0: And the last thing I don't want to say is don't give up the good news clubs. Why? Why? Because in New York City, I was fortunate enough that when I was Command Sergeant Major for Fort Hamilton, Brooklyn, we started a good news club at the chapel. But this year, New York City, they started a club for Satanism. Oof. For the children. Yeah. Oh and- my God. Oh dear. That's <laughs> in worshiping Satan. So mm. please, please, Saints, let's not give up any more ground. In mm. fact, commanded us, occupy until he returns. Mm. Satan knows that if he can take over the children, that's why they're being in with all this ungodly stuff, and he can raise up generations that will follow after him. We must get back to teaching the truth of the word of God and raising up generations that will stand firm in who christ is and for christ still leader and for christ still god amen We're Counterculture, because culture has gone the other way we cannot give up ground we must hold fast in preaching and sharing the truth amen
5: um, this was just on my mind i'm originally from new jersey but i lived in maryland and i'm now in virginia and while i was in new jersey we had a program it was called i'm initiative and I'm initiative, we would go on the school system and we would work with the kids that was having hard times, that was struggling, you know, families that was not able to really provide for their children and everything. Well, the church would step in. So whatever church was closest to the school, that was the church that was um, head of that school. And so they would pick someone from that church that would go inside the school. Well, I had three school systems that I would go into. Because I worked as security guard um, in these school systems as well, I was able to impact a lot of lives, a wow. lot of these kids. I had kids coming up to me that wanted co- to commit suicide because of identity crisis, that wanted to, you know, just give up on life because of how they were be tra- being treated in the home. And so I'm saying all this to say. I feel I believe that our training has to start in the home. So if we have young children, if we have young grandchildren, if we have those young kids um, in our community that you know come around our house and everything, when we infiltrate and when we touch their lives, what happens is they begin to go in the school system and they begin to touch other lives. And that's the way it's gonna the job is going to get done so that our kids will be able to be not be conformed but be transformed by the renewing of their mind i hope that just made sense to all you guys um i just believe that god is doing a great work and that each one teach one when we're able to open up and be bold about it we don't have to we don't have to be afraid to be out here speaking the word of god Um, When it comes to the truth, just what you said, when it comes to the truth, we have to tell the truth. And a lot of times we are not telling the truth. We are being conformed. We are doing exactly what the world desires of us to do and and, and keep it to ourselves, and don't say what we need to say and how it needs to be said and with truth and with love and in the word of God and lives will be changed. I don't care what type of identity crisis these kids are having. That's nothing but the trick of the enemy, the attack of the enemy. And so once we open our mouths and begin to speak the word of God, I believe that things will start changing.
0: Amen. I agree with you wholeheartedly because the word of God is the absolute truth. And Jesus said it, that the the truth will set you free. A lie only puts you in captivity and bondage. What is the truth? The absolute truth is the word of God. And saints, when we share the word of God, We don't have to justify why God said what he said and why God is the way that he is. He's God. In the statement, in the comment, he's God, amen. He created you, me, everyone else. And I agree that it begins at home, but when it's not, then we as Christians must not be afraid. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. So if they're not getting it at home, God has placed you in that location, in that place to be an influencer for him and his kingdom, then influence it based on the word of God, stand for God, stand for truth, and let God deal with everything else. God is the one that will fight our battles and the enemy. But we, like the children of Israel, they looked at the enemy and the land and they didn't subdue it all. They didn't destroy them all because they said it's too many. They've got chariots, they've got this, they've got that. In other words, they allowed excuses to overtake them Or instead of trusting God and knowing God said it, God is going to do it. So therefore, what is our position and our place? Trust God. Believe God. Say what God says. Say what the word says and let the word go forward and then let God deal with it. Because this, the earth is his and the fullness thereof. That's what the Bible says. God is the one that will fight the battle. And he hasn't become less God just because culture has changed. We must trust and defend, protect, and then share with others so that children can know there is a God and there is a truth. And that what you're hearing is not the truth. Let's return back to God so that they can do the same thing. Amen. Anyone else? I know we've gone over, place the Lord. Anyone else? This
6: past weekend, um, God created a divine appointment for me to be able to do, I do makeup professionally, to have little girls in my chair for their makeup party. It was supposed to be nine, and there ended up being seven. This is my second year um, doing these little girls makeup and really to me was ministering to them all glory to God. But this time around, the first time I gave them a rock and I wrote Psalm 139 on it and told them that the Lord was their rock and that they were fearfully and wonderfully made. And then this second time around, I upped the ante a little bit. And after they opened up all of their beautiful gifts and had their hair done and everything, I put Bibles out. And so these little girls have new Bibles along with the mother but I just wanted to say this because it's such an encouragement that there are young minds out there that do love the Lord. Jesus gave me an idea in my heart to do a word game. And I wrote words down on paper and had to pick out these words with their eyes closed and to say the first thing that came to their mind when they heard the word. And this little girl, her name's Isabel, and they call her Izzy. And her word was fear. And she looked at it and she said, Well, fear God. That's what we're supposed to do. Fear God. And I was so happy and just blown away. And I was like, did everybody hear that? Did everybody hear that? That is amazing. So it was so beautiful to see how God worked it worked in that. And I had to stay focused because I was like, "Well, I need to do their makeup, but who cares about their makeup?" I was trying to make sure I was saying everything that the Holy Spirit wanted me to say. And another beautiful thing that happened: they were playing all this other music, and all of the sudden, this Christian music came on. What I'm listened to, and I was like, "Wow!" You could just feel Jesus in this hotel room. And so it was just beautiful. And, and so there are little minds out there that are um, seeking the Lord. And um, you know, I, I hope that these girls read the Bible. Jesus told me to write their names in the Bible. And there was one girl there that I felt like she was hesitant about it and she looked sad. And I just said, hey, listen, ladies, there is no pressure here. I wrote your name in the Bible, but if you don't want the Bible, you can tear that page out and give it to someone else. But I believe that every girl took the Bible. They wanted the Bible. And I think it's beautiful that Jesus said, write their names in it. So I just wanted to share that. Um, And all glory to God for all of that, because I can't come up or do any of that. So praise the Lord.
3: Um, Krista, I think we're going to I was moved to the communion, Um, but I'm I'm loving what's happening here today, Uh, and I was just thinking how, you know, if I was watching a sporting event, um, I I wouldn't turn it off until it was over, Uh, and so I know we've gone a little bit longer, uh, but um, I I feel like we're not, it's just not quite over yet, Uh, and near the end here, we've moved to um, and thank you, Connie, for originally sharing this. But uh, it's like Holy Spirit's now weaving a thread there. Um, we, we've moved to this uh, issue of of our of our young people, um, and and young, not necessarily the teenagers, but even younger, right? And I feel like uh, tonight we we should really be praying for that youngest generation, the the youngest ones. Um, say even under nine, eight, seven, uh, you know, five, those elementary and just, just little kids. I just think like we should be uh, lifting a, a prayer uh, tonight and I'm reminded uh, in the book, and it's kind of a, uh, a segue to the, to the communion as well. Uh, but I'm reminded um, in the book of, of, first Samuel, I believe it could be second Samuel, uh, but the children of Israel were uh, in battle uh, and the prophet Samuel said, you know, bring me a whole suckling lamb. Um, and so when they brought it to him, he, he sacrificed the whole lamb. Um, and as he made the sacrifice and called on the Lord, uh, the Lord won the battle. And obviously that's a picture of Christ. And so uh, I think tonight, even as we're taking communion uh, let's let, let's let that uh, be a, a, a weapon that we have tonight uh, at our disposal as we uh, defend Uh, the children of God, the the smallest, the youngest, the most innocent among us, that that, that we would use tonight as an occasion to lift them up. Uh, I started the day today at 6 a.m. with our corporate prayer for our church, um, and uh, I'm trying to go through each day of the Holy Week uh, as it unfolds in the Bible, Uh, and today uh, I started with the focus of Matthew 21, uh, I think it was 12 through 17, and in that uh, Jesus goes in, and he cleanses the temple. Uh, but as he's in the temple, remember the kids, the youngest, the little kids, some of them were infants, were crying out Hosanna to the son of David. They were declaring him who he is. Uh, and so I don't, I, I just don't think it's a coincidence that now as we, at least as I'm uh, just about to end my day here, uh, that the Lord has kind of given me that bookend where the focus Um, can be on uh, uttering prayer for the the littlest among us. Jesus was concerned about them, uh, and we should be too. Uh, So, um, Krista, I'm not sure if you're going to lead the uh, communion or if Sylvia is, uh, but as we do, uh, I'm certainly going to be mindful uh, of that battle that is being waged um, against our little people, but should also be waged for them in Jesus name.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Bernie. And yes, if everyone would go ahead and, and grab your elements, uh, if you need just a second, just get your piece of bread or cracker or matzo, a little bit of wine, grape juice or water. You know, we, we trust the Lord. He turned water into wine, so he, he can do the same. Praise the Lord. Um, if you don't have it available to you at this moment. But I do want to agree with you, Bernie. I do think that there's been um, a move of the spirit in directing our conversation tonight. It certainly has shifted um, from where things began, and, and we've we've seen a full circle to focus on the youth of this generation. Um, and so let's lift them up in remembrance, uh everyone, you know, in your own time of prayer as well, as we um just sit before the Lord, preparing our hearts for communion, you know, it's at the table that we are spiritually fed, just as the bread and the cup sustain our physical bodies. And just as the Passover meal reminds Jewish people of how God's love delivered them, their ancestors from Egypt, communion reminds us of how God's love saves us. From our sins through Jesus. And so, as we begin thinking about partaking of this meal together that the Lord has commanded us to do until He returns, remembering the sacrifice, you know, it's a sacred time for us as followers of Jesus, and especially at this particular time and season of the year where we're remembering right now, truly in this season of Passover. But before we participate in this occasion, it's so important. Scripture warns us to take some time and be reflective, have a moment of self-evaluation. And so I'm just going to pray a prayer before we take the elements uh, for myself and for us. And you just can add to this personally as as I go through it myself. Father, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for this time with my brothers and sisters. And I acknowledge, Father, that your body consists of both Jew and Gentile. We acknowledge that, Lord, this is your body that you are building, and you are the head of the church. And Lord, we bow before you. I bow before you in humility. And I ask you to examine my heart right now, Lord. Show me anything, Lord, that's not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness. I know, Lord, that you love me. You've received me as your child, Father. I accept who I am in you. And I know, Lord, that your death was a penalty for my sinfulness. It was the price that you paid to cover me for all time. It is sufficient your grace and your atoning blood. And it is my desire, Lord, to live for you. So as we take the bread representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and we celebrate your faithfulness, Lord. You've been so faithful to me and you're so faithful to all who will receive you. And I can't begin, Lord, to fathom the agonizing suffering of your crucifixion. But you took the pain for me. You died for me. And I thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave me life, abundant life and eternal life forever. As you instructed your disciples, I too, we too, receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we will take the cup representing your blood that was poured out from a splintered cross. I realize that you were the supreme sacrifice for all of my sins, past, present, and future. I thank you for that, Lord. Because of your shed blood for me, and your body being broken for me, I can be free from the power and the penalty of sin. I thank you, Father, for your victory over death. You took the death that I deserved. You took my punishment. Your pain was truly my gain. And today, Lord, we remember and we celebrate the precious gift of life that you gave to us through the blood that you spilled. And so if everyone would just grab your elements and as I just complete this prayer, feel free to take them at this point. Father, we ask you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this this bread and this wine. To my soul and to the souls of all those who are on this call right now and receiving this communion supper. That we might all eat and drink in remembrance of the body and the blood of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that we might also, Father, be true witnesses to you. We love and adore you, Lord. We thank you for what you've done for us. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we receive this. Amen. And Father, I also want to now just begin a time of prayer for anyone who wants to come and join corporately, Lord. I'll just start it out and just ask you, Father, to pour your spirit out upon this generation of young people, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would open ears like never before. Father, that you would make a way where it even seems that there is no way in this wicked and perverse generation. But Lord, you have told us that we are to redeem the time because the days are evil. And so, Lord, we are standing in the gap for the youth, for the youth and our families, first and foremost, Lord, for our children and our grandchildren and those that are members of our homes and households and lineage, Lord, we are standing in the gap for them and even beyond that father for the children that that are in our states and in our country father that are just in your household father because you know who they are you've numbered them father you've already set them apart. So Lord, we're asking you to call them out, sanctify them and give them great purpose in this generation, Lord, to speak your word with boldness, Father, with fire from heaven, Lord. We pray for an outpouring of your spirit to anoint these children, Lord, to be ambassadors and witnesses that that are taught by you, Father. You've said in your word that we don't even need a man to teach us when when men suppress the truth, that your spirit would lead us, Lord, in all truth. So we thank you for that now, Lord. And we're asking for mighty revelation to come upon the youth, Lord, and that you would reveal in their hearts the path of righteousness, the path to life, that they would be drawn by the power of your spirit. You said that it is not by might. It is not. It is by your spirit, says the Lord. It's not by power. It is by your spirit, says the Lord. So Father, we thank you for a move of your spirit in advance. And we agree as your body of believers, Lord, we are standing in agreement right now and asking for mercy. Just we're asking you for mercy, Lord, to spare our children from darkness, from wickedness, from their minds being corrupted or further from their hearts being hardened, Lord. We are asking for mercy on our children, Father. Raise them up to love you, to serve you, and to desire you, Father, to desire your ways and to walk in them. In the mighty name of Jesus and anyone else who wants to continue, please feel free to jump in.
7: Father, I want to lift up little grace, and I just pray, Father, that you right now at this very moment, just put a hedge of protection around her. Just protect her from the ways and the cares of this world, Father. I also ask that you um, encourage Connie as she um, prepares for this next season of the Good News Club And, and for all of those programs that are in schools wherever they may be allowed, Father. I pray for strength and encouragement for, for each leader, Father. I pray for all of the children that are going to be attending all of these, these, um, these club meetings, Father. And Father, we just know that you are faithful, that you are faithful. You said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And so we ask, Father, that you prove yourself mighty and strong And just as the enemy is doing his best to take away father, you have a remnant set aside. So we pray for each of these children that they come to know you as their Lord and their savior, even before these, these clubs start. And father, thank you so much for Chantel and her heart to honor you, and we pray for the little girls that got their Bibles, each one of them having their name written in the book, that they take those books and that they read them and that they have a hunger and thirst for your word, Father, that they do not stray, that they read and they grow strong in your word, Father. We thank you for the seeds that are planted, and we, we just thank you that you are moving in ways that we do not know and can't see right now, Thank you for each person's faithfulness as they serve you in in any form, way, shape, or form, especially in the outreach of children. Teachers in schools, for Christian teachers in schools, Father, that they are strengthened and encouraged, Father, that your Holy Spirit continues to to, um, strengthen them in your word and that they, they know that they are a light in this dark world, Father. Thank you for the counselors in schools that are Christians. And I pray, Father, that you continually equip them with what they need to be able to speak that bright word at the right season to each child that they may have an opportunity to minister to. We thank you for this time right now that we can all come together and lay these petitions out before you, Father, thanking you that we are praying in accordance to your will. And we pray these things in Yeshua's name, amen.
0: Father, we do come on behalf of the children. Become Lord God because we can't even begin to fathom the things that they face on a daily basis. God. I cannot even imagine, but you see, and you know it all, and you are the one that is almighty, you are powerful. God, I pray for their minds that their mind, the mind that is in Christ Jesus would be in them. I pray that they would have an encounter with you, Lord God, to be able to understand and to withstand the lies of the enemy. God, there are more temptation and lies. The wave, the wave, the wave, it is constantly being thrusted and poured over them. But God, you are great because you're the God of the mountain. You're the God of the valley. You are the God of the oceans. You are God and God alone. And you created them and you have a plan and a purpose. So I pray for your redemptive purposes, for the children, their destiny in you to be established on the earth. I pray, Lord God, that you would raise them up because John the Baptist came out filled with the Holy Spirit. You're the same God that they would come forward declaring, make ye way straight for you, Lord God, that they would be Fill with your spirit. They would be witnesses one to another. God, that they would pray for one another and that they would seek you. There is nothing impossible and nothing too hard for you. For you are God and you are God alone. And we bless you and we thank you. God, I even pray that you would use them to save their parents, that their parents' eyes may be open and their ears. So I cry out, give them eyes to see, ears to hear, Lord God, so that what is yours, God, for you are the God of reconciliation. And you've given us that same ministry, Father, in Jesus' name. For many have fallen away and many have gone astray. And many, just like during the times of the Israelite, Moses and Joshua and beyond, they don't believe that they are following and chasing after some other God. So open their eyes. Will you cause their parents to see that they have deviated, they have gone off course, that they have lost their way, Lord God, out of the mouth of babes and supplants, May it be so, Lord God. May you raise up a generation that is on fire for you, that become flames of fire, Lord God, a fire that comes from you that cannot be put out, Lord God. That they could be used to God, not just their generation, but the generation beneath and above and above, back to you. May they return back to you because you deserve all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Father, we know that there is still hope because you tarry, not as man tarries, but with the desire that none should perish. He said the greatest in the kingdom is Children, it's a child, may it be so. And God, I also pray for us as adults, Lord God, that we would take our place, especially those that know you, Lord God, and that we would allow ourselves to be used by you, true witnesses for you, Lord God, so that others can come and see and know that you are the Lord our God and you rule and reign not just in heaven but on the earth. For you are forever and ever the Lord, forever and ever, worthy to be praised, and forever and ever, we will give you the fruit of our lips, in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ, amen.
3: I just want to speak prophetically, as um, you've been praying, and uh, I've been listening, and I've been seeing uh, a couple of things, and the Spirit of the Lord has showed me, there the, the, the Lord is going to tear down the walls in the schools that have been barriers to his name being proclaimed there. And so we just bless you, Lord, for the tearing down of walls in these schools that had been a barrier to your name being proclaimed. And we thank you, Lord, that you are doing that work. The Lord also is showing that He is going to move by his spirit in these young people, in these schools, specifically in these elementary schools. Um, Not that there won't be something from high school or middle school, but the Lord is speaking that he is going to move by his spirit, even among the youngest in our schools. Uh, And so, Lord, we just thank you for the fire of the Holy Spirit that is going to move in the youngest of the young in this generation, in Jesus' name.
1: So again, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this fellowship. We thank you for your favor and protection and your goodness to us, Lord, your faithfulness, Father, even when we find that we are sometimes unfaithful. We love you, Lord. We are so grateful for who you are and who you are in us and through us, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you've asked us to cooperate with you that you've asked us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us the opportunity to come together in this way. We thank you, Lord, for the impartation of your word. We thank you for hearts that are hungry for your truth, hungry to fellowship with you, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, that in our times in between our meetings, Lord, that you would continue to come and meet with each one of us in the secret place, Father, when we take that time to just sit with you and wait before you, I ask you to bless my brothers and sisters, and I ask you, Father, for um, your strength, Lord, your strength for us to continue to not grow weary in doing good, Lord, and to be strengthened as we continue to go from faith to faith, Lord, in, this, in the valleys and on the mountaintops, Lord. We thank you for the journey that you never leave us or forsake us. We thank you for your goodness to us. May the Lord bless each and every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. So shalom, shalom to you all. We'll look forward to seeing you again next Monday. And uh, in the meantime, we will also remind you that we have prayer on Wednesday night. And so if you are able to join us, we have four opportunities for prayer. We want to encourage you to join us there. This is definitely a season that prayer is vital in within the body of Christ, within our earth, within the world. Uh, it's just important that we take our place and that we're found faithfully doing what the Lord has called us to do when he will one day return. So praise the Lord. We invite you to Wednesday prayer. We'll see you next Monday. And uh, we'll look forward to it. Don't forget about the breadcrumb videos. You can follow along with daily on the website at touroftruth.com. And until then, God bless you all. Good night. Shalom.
0: Shalom. 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 Good night. night.